chapter number 19 as we continue our study here in the book of Joshua. And um, I pray that uh, there's no way that, that if, if I took and just went verse by verse uh, through this whole book, we'd be here for quite a while. And uh, so uh, even someone asked me, when are you going to get through with the book of Joshua? So uh, I'll get through when I'm done. But I promise you, I'm trying to, uh, there's no way, you know, you, uh, there's, seems like a lot of redundancy in these chapters, but actually, um, I've just kind of tried to pull a thought out of some different portions of every chapter, and uh, there's no way that, that I could expound on all of these cities. They are some that have significance, and we've dealt with some of those cities in different times <clears throat> in different areas, but... Uh, back in chapter number 18, we saw the division of the land of Benjamin with these, what some would refer to as these seven minor tribes. We know the other more prevalent tribes have already got their allotment because they came to Joshua and said, give us our inheritance, give us what God has promised us. But then you had some that kind of laid back and I uh, preached a little bit about apathy and and about how that Joshua basically provoked them to go out and to do the work themselves, go out and, and survey the land, pick you out three individuals that will go in uh, and represent your tribe and divide that land. And uh, so that's happened throughout uh, chapter number 18. And then in chapter number 19, uh, you have the second lot that's coming forth here, and it's coming to Simeon. And so we've seen that uh, we remember that the land was divided by their own choosing and you had the, uh, you had the different lots of the different ones of the, di the different tribes uh, that the Lord gave and he called a meeting down at the house of God. Joshua did in chapter 18 and then they began with a lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin and uh, they come up before their families and they divided the land. And then in chapter number 19, the Bible said, and the second lot came forth to Simeon, even for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families. And their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. And they had in their inheritance Beersheba and Sheba and Melodah and Harzashuel and Bala and Azim and Eltalad and Bethel and Orma and Ziklag and Bethmar Kaboth and Hazar Suah. And I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to stop right there, amen, while I'm ahead. But uh, there's other cities there. And the Bible said in verse number seven, Aen, Remon, Ether, Asian, four cities and their villages. And all the villages that were round about these cities to Bethel, Beer, and Ramoth in the south. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon according to their families. In verse nine, out of the portion of the children of Judah was the inheritance of the children of Simeon. For the part of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of them. And so I want to look at this inheritance tonight that uh, has been given here to Simeon. And actually, if you notice, it's not necessarily property as much as it is city. Simeon's, uh, Simeon's lot is uh, put forth here, and there's really no boundaries mentioned. The they are just cities that dwell within the land uh, that had been allotted to Judah by Judah coming to the man of God and saying, we want our property. But I noticed this. I, I, I really don't have a, t a title tonight as much as I do have a theme for getting this thing started about this particular tribe, and that is Simeon. 
because the Bible said this, said even the tribe of Simeon. Now, I, you may find it somewhere, but it says even for the tribe of the children of Simeon. As far as I know, that's the only place that this is emphasized where it says even the tribe of so-and-so. And so, I, and I've looked for it and I don't think it's there. I think Simeon's the only tribe it says this about. And the reason I believe that part of this is is because the tribe of Simeon, we know about it, uh, some of us do about the fact that at the time of the Exodus, they were a very large tribe. Probably the third largest tribe was this tribe of Simeon. But by this tribe, the by this time, the tribe and the numbers have declined to the point where they are the smallest now and the weakest of the tribes. And the reason being is because God keeps his word. And when a prophecy is made, you can mark her down. It is going to happen just exactly like God said that it would. And so back in the book of Genesis, each of the 12 sons of Jacob, they uh, Jacob come and he said something about every one of his sons that as he was about to die and he prophesied uh, to them and every one of them contained a prophetic information about these particular tribes and about the future of each tribe. Well, here's what he said, Jacob, here's what he said. He said in Genesis 49 of verse 5, said, Simeon and Levi brethren, instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. And this is referring to Genesis 34. And I know most of you know your Bible, but in Genesis 34, these sons of Jacob, they had one daughter by the name of Dinah. Well, Dinah goes down into Shechem. She has relationships with one of the sons of Shechem and she is mistreated and I'll just say that and she's taken advantage of and so uh, Simeon and Levi, they go down there and they kind of fool them. They strike a deal with them. They say, if you'll make a covenant with us, uh, we'll marry amongst you and you can marry amongst us but the whole time they were scheming about that and so on the third day after they made that covenant, uh, Simeon and Levi went down there and killed all of the men that were in that area as they were recovering uh, from this uh, uh, this surgery, we'll say. And so they go against them and they take these men out. And so what Jacob is talking about, he said here, he said, cursed be their anger for it was fierce and their wrath for it was cruel. It will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And so the reason that they do not have a land and the reason that they're only having cities and not an actual allotment in this land of Canaan is because of something that happened years and years before that was prophesied because of the anger of Simeon. And I want to preach a little bit about that tonight, about anger. And uh, you say, well, I don't have any issue with that. Well, uh, I haven't had an issue with it today, all right? And so just might as well be honest. Every time uh, that people say, I don't have a problem with that, or every time I start preaching on something, I have to watch myself. I'm just telling you, on the way to church, it was amazing that somebody in a Chevrolet pulled out in front of me and so I had to watch myself I had to be real careful I'm like I'm preaching on anger tonight amen I mean I'll be alright on the way home I guess but I can't I, no I'm just kidding I, I, it's amazing to me how people say I don't have a problem with this or don't have a problem with that or if you really get diligent about trying to improve an area in your life and your Christianity it seems like you say man I, I, I want to really start reading my Bible and it seems like I mean everything will happen when you 
really determined that you're going to start reading your Bible like you ought to or starting to pray like you ought to. It's amazing how things will come up in your life. And so go ahead and count on it. I mean, there's going to be something that's probably going to make you angry uh, even before the service is over. You might get angry with me that I don't hurry up, but angry uh, and anger is one of those emotions that people struggle with. And, and let me say this, God gets angry. The Bible said that God judgeth the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. So God is angry about some things and we ought to be angry about the things that God is angry about. Jesus was stirred up with anger about the state of affairs in the church, in the temple. That's why he went down there and whipped him up a message to get everybody right in the house of God. But he wasn't cruel about it and it wasn't the fact that he was hateful about it and he had hatred in his heart, obviously. Now, we're not angry against, a lot of times we say, well, be angry and sin not. Let the sun not go down on your wrath. And we say, well, the Bible don't say be angry, just be, says be angry and sin not. Well, let me say this, a righteous man, uh, you can have some righteous indignation, but I think a lot of times what we've probably called righteous indignation is probably just hatefulness and hatred. Maybe it's toward a political party. Maybe it's toward somebody you don't agree with. And you have that issue with hatred in your life. And Simeon's anger uh, was not indignation against sin. It wasn't the fact that the Shechemites had sinned against Dinah. It was the fact that he just got mad and upset and he was cruel in his anger. And uh, he was very fierce and he was very cruel with that. And uh, the reason I think a lot of times we get angry is just because we get offended by somebody. We get upset at somebody. And what makes God angry is the perversion of his goodness. It's turning wrong into what he had made right. And so that ought to stir us up. We ought to be moved with some righteous indignation. It ought to bother us that the state of affairs in our country is what it is because we've turned against God. And it ought to anger us because these are things when perversion rises up in a nation. We ought not just take it sitting down. It ought to stir us up. It ought to provoke us to a place where we pray more and we ask God to intervene. But the Bible said this in James chapter 1 and verse 19. He said, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear slow to speak and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I think about people who will go out on the streets and they'll hold up signs and they'll call sodomites uh, names that the Bible does not call them and they will look down on them and they're picking a fight with them. And I tell you, listen, right now I, I think you ought to stand right and you ought to uh, preach the truth and you ought to uh, I mean buy the truth and sell it not, but you ought to preach the truth in love. We ought to tell the truth in love and love are to be our motivating factor but I think sometimes we get angry at the sinner instead of angry at sin we get angry at the movement instead of angry and understanding really what the movement but what the moment is behind the movement and that is the adversary that is working in the hearts of individuals that's why we have so much wrath and malice in America today because everybody is mad everybody is upset everybody is angry they didn't have have no road rage. I mean, they might have road rage way back when. I mean, you know, there could have been somebody. I mean, I remember they somebody jumped on, I won't call his name, but they jumped on somebody that he comes to church here sometimes, and uh, it was a big old bodybuilder guy, and uh, he jerked him, was going to jerk him out of the car, grabbed him by the nap of the neck. Well, about that time, he remembered the brass knuckles that he had in his hand, and he laid baby out, and baby wouldn't get up. So he got mad, he got upset because of that. But we, we 
they have a, a now, it, you can't even go from church to, to Snorval. You can't go from church to Fireman. If you pull out in front of somebody, they'll just shoot you. I mean, they'll kill you. They'll get, it's, it's more than just fight now. It is wrath and malice and because everybody is so angry. Everybody's so stirred up with that wrath. And the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The anger of man is more concerned with man than it is God. And what I mean by that is most of the time when we get angry, it's because of our pride. We've got offended and it has made us angry. Somebody has offended us. Somebody has made us mad. I can't believe that they would do that to them. Or why is somebody not being good to me? I thought about in Luke chapter 15 and verse 26. Said and he called, and I'm talking about tonight now what kept the descendants and what kept them from possessing the land that they could have had in the land of Canaan because of anger that happened generations previous. That's why I'm saying that you and I need to be very careful to try our best to bridle ourselves. I, I remember one time when we were preaching up at Billy Seats up in Yadkinville and uh, I don't know if you remember this or not. Amy, y'all may have been there. I, I can't remember but uh, it seemed like I was up there by myself but uh, I remember they had a testimony service and Miss Jimmy the girl got up and I mean it was good. It was really good and she was quoting a Bible verse and she said forgive us of all our iniquities. I said, yes. I said, she quoted it wrong, but she probably quoted it a little bit right because I have seen people that I believe have had iniquifit, see, because that's something from the inside, amen? That's the anger that stems from pride that, uh, that rises up from the inside. Luke 15, verse 26. This is talking about, of course, the prodigal son and the elder son. He was at home. He didn't go out. He didn't do the ungodly things, quote, unquote, that the prodigal son did. Verse 26 of Luke 15 said and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant and he said unto him thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound and he was angry and would not go in therefore came his father and entreated him that means he begged him son why in the world are you staying on the outside I tell you a lot of times you get wrath and you get anger in your life it'll keep you on the outside amen it'll keep you from the blessings of God it'll keep you from from the goodness of God. It'll keep you from God blessing your life. Hey, when you sit in the service and you get angry, I, I don't know how many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you have had to say, you know, I, I need to, brother, forgive me. I, I mean, forgive me, honey, forgive me. Amen? You say, why is that? Because I do not like it. I do not like it. You say, well, you know, Brother Randy, you ought to be able to do better than that. Amen? But I'll tell you this, friend. Everybody here is probably going to deal with that one way or the other. And the best way to deal with it, amen, is to deal with it. And say, I've got an issue and I've got a problem. And I really believe this. If you look and see what happened in Simeon's life, you've got these people that are suffering the repercussions of that from just a moment of anger. And the Bible said about the elder son, said, and he answered and said to his father, Lo, listen now, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. He got bitter and he got angry, and anger is rooted in our sin nature. That is part of our sin nature, and that is is anger and it produces that's why you have people that's why you hear people that they go in and they have fits of anger that's why a child will throw a tantrum 
It's because of that sin nature that is on the inside of them that they got from their dad, amen? And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about Adam. I'm talking about goes all the way back to that sin nature that is within every one of us. I'm talking about rivalries, competition. I mean, if you can find a more competitive person in this church than me, and my boys, I mean, you probably are, all right, but we don't like to lose, and, and sometimes we might get a little upset. I mean, you know, and, and that's just a dream. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that we have to deal with that. Now, somebody may not. They may be laid back. I, I tell you what, I believe that, that I believe they could drop a bomb over there at Brother Clark's house right in their living room, and he'd be like, what was that? I mean, I, I've never seen him mad. I've never I've seen him. Well, I have seen him stirred up just once or twice. But I'm talking about people on an even kill, you know. And there are other people like that as well in the church. But then there are other people. And here's what we can do. We can say, well, you know, I got bad blood in me. My papa, my daddy's, my daddy's name, my daddy's daddy's name was Booger Man. Now, Daddy says it's because that they said that something about him saving, getting somebody out of the bus or something like that. Now, Daddy, I don't know what that's got. <laughs> and I believe you, I believe you. You say they call him Booger Man because I guess they thought that he should have burned up, I don't know, should have burned up in the bus or something. But here's what I do know. I do know some stories that my, that my papa told me about some things that happened, I mean, before he got, I've been with him, as a matter of fact, at Merlin Whitfield's, where I was like, I know why they call him Booger Man, amen? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, and, and uh, you know, we, we come from that. Now, Daddy takes after the Cochran's. They just kind of laid back. My, my grandmother, daddy's a lot like mama was. She's kind of laid back. Now, a storm would scare her to death. When it started lightning, it's the end of the world. But I mean, she, know, you know, she never got upset. But my papa on that side, the Sutherlands, they had a quick temper. I mean, listen, my uncle, he wrung a man's jaws. I, I, better, not, I better not tell all that. But we can blame and say, well, you know, it's in my blood. It's in my bad blood. It's in my, we, we're wired up like that. We can't overcome that. I'm gonna show you of this text how you can't overcome that. You say, who are you going to use? I'm going to use these other people. Now here you have people and they have a situation where they're paying uh, for, they're, they're really having to deal with some things that their elders had an issue with and that was anger and God had prophesied. Jacob had said you're going to be divided and this what you did and your anger and your cruelty uh, is going to affect the generations to come. I would hate to know that I would fly off the handle to the point that I would do something that would, could never be fixed. And I know God will forgive you, but sometimes when you let those things happen, you will never forgive yourself. You get mad and you get upset and you fly off the handle and you do wring somebody's jaws or you do get upset. And I thought about this. Here are these people and Judah, they know exactly who they're dealing with here. You're talking about a family of the, the people of Simeon that had that issue with anger. And we have that issue about it. It is so common amongst us that we gotta be reminded in the Bible that we gotta deal with it. Colossians 3 and verse 8 said, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice. Proverbs 29, 22, an angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Proverbs 15 said, a, a wrathful man stirreth 
up strife. The works of the flesh are made manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Right behind witchcraft is hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, and strife. I think a lot of things that's probably happened in churches had just been because somebody did not possess their vessel and somebody was not walking in the spirit and they were fulfilling the lust of the flesh and allowing their anger to overtake them. I wonder how many children have been alienated from their parents because of an anger issue. I want, I'm talking about out of control. You said, I've never, got, I've never got angry at my children. Well, tonight when we do the altar call, you'll be the first, you need to be the first one down here praying for God to forgive you for lying. Amen? I think sometimes it, that uh, things happen and, and uh, we just need to get right with God about it. Amen? wonder how many people been alienated because somebody just lost their cool. Because somebody got mad and got upset. Now, Amy, I know you were here for that. I mean, not when I got angry. I mean, I'm talking about it. But at, at a meeting in Virginia, this man had had a church split. And the reason that he had a church split is because of all things. There was a construction company that was there in that church. And they were at a job site. And this man, this, I mean, it was a family. And I'm talking about a good church with a good man of God. And I'm going to try to get him at the camp meeting. I'm talking about a great preacher. But that church was going through a church split. I, I didn't know what was going on. I could just tell there was just something. And because, here's what happened. They were on the job site. And somebody got mad and upset. And they throwed the hammer. I mean, they just simply got mad. And it had been brewing. It had been stirring up. I, I mean, listen, there had been contention. And one of them just got mad and upset Miss Jimmy and slung a hammer. And it went across the job site. And, buddy, it just discombobulated. I mean, it messed everybody up on the construction side. The construction company went through a lot of trouble. But that trickled into the house of God. Then you had people that wouldn't speak it on this side. Then you had people who weren't speaking on this side and it caused a church split because of anger and because of malice and because of wrath. Sometimes you just got to say, God, I'm wrong. Amen. You just got to say, Lord, forgive me. God, I got to have help with this. I wonder how many relationships have been destroyed because of anger. I tell you, now listen, I, I, I get concerned when, when there's people that are all the time it's like they, they're just, they're just like they're, they're so cool and they're so calm and they're so collected that it's just like, you know, I'm like, man, you know, that would have to upset you. That would have, what just happened right there would have had to make you mad. You would have had to be upset about that. And the reason I say that is because I've seen it happen where something will happen and they'll get, they, they won't get upset, but their face will turn about 10 shades of red. And if they grind their jaws, they'll go like that. Now, and they won't say nothing. They won't say nothing. But see, they didn't know I seen them in the vehicle. See, they didn't know that I seen that going on. I'm talking, you could just tell. I mean, you know, and, and listen, just, <laughs> you know, get out, praise God, amen. Everything's good, you know. And I'm like, you hypocrite. Amen. I mean, it, it, it's just like it's got to upset you. But honey, when you bottle all that stuff out, when you let it go, and when you let it out, it can do irreparable damage 
Amen? And that's why we need to be careful about that because it cost a generation on down the road, several generations because of a fit of anger, because of cruelty. And you know the Bible said in Proverbs 15, one a soft answer, turn away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The reason I said that, you see the tribe of Simeon, they come from a tribe that dealt with anger, all right? Then God puts them right in the middle. And here's what I appreciate about the sovereignty and providence and mercy of God. Here is this family from Simeon that had a problem that stemmed from anger. And they were dealing with that. And they were suffering the judgment of God, that generation, because the previous generation had problems with anger. Now here they have, they've got the Simeon bloodline. And so, I mean, listen, they probably have, still have some short fuses amongst the Simeonites. But you know what God does? God puts them into a tribe with the people that they may not have problem with anger, but they had a problem with greed. They had a problem with something else. You say, what are you talking about? Well, I will say this, Judah, now you think about this. Here's a bunch of hotheads, all right? Here are the people who are dealing with anger and they just bust right up in there. Now that's what it says. It says, and they find themselves amongst the people of Judah. Now you think about this. Here's Judah, and you can, let me, let me I, I'm trying to get ahead of myself. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself right here, but I'm also trying my best to, to follow what I feel like God would have me to say. But you look at these people who were from the tribe of Judah. Now, way back in the book of Genesis 37, I don't have time to preach all this, but back in Genesis in chapter number 37, when Joseph was thrown into the pit, the people are the, the one that came up amongst the sons of Jacob and they all hated Joseph because of Joseph's dreams. And there were some of them in Genesis 37 when Jacob sends Joseph to look after his brothers and they're feeding the flock. When they're going there, here comes daddy's favorite and he sends him from Hebron and he says, go down there and check on your brothers and you can see where they're there and they're feeding their flocks and uh, Joseph got there and the brothers said, wait just a second, behold, this dreamer cometh. This dreamer cometh and they looked at him, they hated him, they were envious of him and they said, hey, let's throw him in the pit, let's kill him. And Judah said, no, Said, don't kill him, let's sell him. Let's sell him. I saw his Judah's got a problem. He said, you know what? Let's make a little money off this deal, amen. I mean, let's, let's turn in, you know, what's it gonna hurt? Let's not kill him, let's just sell him. Let him die a slow death. Let him be sold into slavery with the Midianite people and the people who are going to mistreat him and the Ishmaelites as they're going to Egypt. Let him go down there because they had already heard, I mean, about the things that the Midianites and those Ishmaelites did to the slaves. And they said, let's sell him. So he come up with that idea and he said that we don't have to worry about it anymore and we can make a little money at this deal. And so they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Now you do the division about that. That means each brother got about two pieces of silver, which is really not a whole lot. But Judah said, let's make a little money on this thing. And Judah had that issue. And it's an understatement that Judah had a, he had a lot of problems and he had a lot of issues that was there in his life. And so God took somebody, had a problem with anger, and put them right amongst some people who at one time 
had a problem with greed or covetousness or wanting money and wanting more things, more property. Judah had already been allotted this land. Judah had already been given this land. They said, we want this land. This land is our land. And now here comes Simeon busting up in here with three Simeonites saying, no, we want this property. And you know what Judah did? Judah said, now, wait a minute. It's in our nature. We got this from our great, 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 great granddaddy. He was always after an extra dollar. I mean, you got to be careful. And I, I like a deal. I mean, I really do. But when you're around somebody and all they do every time, you know, I, you know what? I, I didn't pay but 25 cents for this handkerchief. You know what? Somebody give me these shoes. I don't have but $2 in my, my whole outfit. When somebody is constantly talking about, I only paid $5 for this box of nails. Do you know I only paid a dollar a piece for these two by fours? When it is over and over and everything, they're talking about money and things and stuff. I like a deal, amen. I really, really do. But some people are just so much about that. Some people are the, just like the proverb writer. It is not, it is not, saith the buyer. Well, I don't know, brother, if I want to give that or not. I don't think that thing's worth that or not. I'll give you $25 for it. And they said, I'll take $100. i will give you $25. I don't know if that's worth it or not. Then get in the truck. <laughs> yeah, baby, that thing's worth $150. I talked him down to $25. It is not. It is not, saith the buyer. But when he leaves, he said, I got him, buddy. I got him. Here's Judah. He come by it naturally, if you want to put it that way. Simeon came by it naturally with having that anger issue. Judah came by it naturally by having that greed or covetousness issue. And God said, Simeon, I'm going to show you how you need to respond when it's in your nature not to respond that way. God sent them amongst Judah and said, your land is going to be in Judah. Now, here's what Judah could have done. The Judahites could have said, what do you mean? We're the biggest, we're the baddest. You're not coming in here. And they knew they're dealing with the Simeonites. Judah could have said, put, put, put up your dukes. I mean, you know, I mean, they could have said, let's fight it out. Let's have it out. And Judah said, you know what? That's all right, buddy. There's plenty of it here. God's blessed us. God's helped us. You're welcome to come right on in, sit down with us, you can have all the land that you need. I'm not talking about communism and all the land that you want. But Judah said, I tell you what I will do. God's been good to us. God has blessed us. God has given us praise. And we will share with you anything that we need to. This story tells me tonight, you can overcome that nature that every one of us have. Whether it's the nature of greed, we have kind of seen in Simeon's life, Maybe, and I don't know really how they did respond, and I don't know how all that this did happen, but I do know this. God ultimately put them around people that said, you know what, you can overcome this nature, this problem that you have with anger. And God put them amongst people, said, I'm going to show you how you can overcome these things, even though that you're dealing with this in your life. Simeon need a portion of it. You know what Judah did? Judah did what you and I need to do. They had compassion and they put it in action. James chapter 2 and verse 14 said, What doth it profit, my brethren? Now, my brethren now, now listen now, Simeon and Judah, they're brethren. James 2, 14, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man may say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, it is dead being alone. Verse 18, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. I will show thee my faith by my works. And in that context, what's he's talking about right there? He's talking about helping your brother. He's talking about being good to the destitute and being good to those who are in need. Simeon needed a place. They needed a place like everybody else. Hotheads need a place like everybody else. People who deal with anger and malice and wrath need a place like everybody else. Aren't you glad? Thank God God has given us a place. He's given us a house of God. He's given us a place where we can be people of praise and let you know that, praise God, you can overcome that sin nature because of a new nature that's given you. The land of Canaan is the land of victory. The land of Canaan is the land of plenty. It's the land flowing with milk and honey. Thank God there is another nature inside of every believer where you can overcome these things that you come from by nature. You're by nature the children of wrath, not just under the wrath of God, but we are children of wrath. I mean, you see a child. They get angry, they get, they, and they don't even know it. They don't even really know what it is. You know what it is, amen, you know what it is. But the Bible said that these people, Simeon, even the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, according to their inheritance, was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. God said, here is how you respond, Simeon, and put them amongst the people of praise. You know, I thought about that when we do that and when we're kind, when somebody's angry toward us, a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. It's, you say, well, you ought not let nobody run over. You can't let nobody run over. You ought to stand up for yourself. I'm not talking about defending yourself. That's totally different. I'm not talking about defending yourself. If you're in danger or you are in harm and you're in harm's way, I mean, and I'm not talking about if somebody, if you're at a red light, somebody reaches in there uh, and, and you know, you got your window down or whatever and somebody reaches in there and they're going to do you damage. I mean, listen, ladies, you already, and I mean, you watch it with your husband, but you watch some of them, you make sure that you know, okay, if this happens, here's what I'm going to do. Roll the window up on his arm and drive him all the way to Rio if you got to. I'm not talking about defending yourself. I'm not talking about defending yourself, but I am talking about, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, buddy. And I remember the preacher sometimes, and I believe he probably could take him. If you ever went with a preacher, you know sometimes, mm, you know what I mean, it'd be pretty quick, and I mean, he'd get about that right there close to you, you know. You say, you know what, I, and the preacher said, I believe I could take him. And Miss Jimmy in his prime, I believe, well, I believe he could take took him at 67, all right? But in his prime, I'm like, you know what? And uh, there was an individual. I know that happened one time to the pastor. I'm talking about Brother Allen. I know that happened one time. You know what he did, Miss Jimmy? He did nothing. And he could have took him. I believe he could have took him. And you know what he did? And I know we don't like we don't like this. 
If you're a man, you don't like this. You don't like the, you don't like the turning of the cheek part. And there's a part of, of man, you don't like that. You say, oh, no, you know what? I, I don't like, I don't want to be, I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not talking about defending yourself. I'm talking about defending yourself. You say, well, you know, Brother Andy, it says turn another cheek, but, you know, I mean, I've done turn one. I'm, at a, I'm out now. I mean, you know, I, I, he, he done pushed me over the line. Lord, please, I don't want to have to deal with this. But I'm just saying, you think about all the things that's happening in this world. You know what Judah did? He overcome evil with good. The children of Judah, they could have got mad, could have got upset and said, wait a minute, Hoss. What, what do you mean? No, this is our property. And they were by nature people who were after the dollar. Let's make a little, let's make a little money off this deal. No, they said, you come right on in because you're brothers with us. Let us have that kind of attitude that we overcome evil with good. That's the first part of the message tonight, and there's no way I'm going to get to the second part. So what I'm going to do right there is just... Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna unhook out there and. Uh